Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, joined by my co-host once again, Jordan Climax. Jordan, I wish I could welcome you under better circumstances, but unfortunately, the Browns did not provide them with what happened on Sunday, a 37-14 shellacking at the hands of the yeah, that's Arizona. That's being kind. <laughs> that is being kind. Uh, at the hands of the Arizona Cardinals, lots of questions, you know, coming out of that game. I, I think there are three major concerns coming out of that game: the, the the performance of Baker Mayfield, the performance of the defense, and the injuries. Of the three, which is most concerning to you going forward here? I think it's kind of by default the injuries, right? I mean. Like at this point, it almost feels like the, the 2020, uh, 2021 Browns are like the 2020 49ers. I mean, it's, at, what, at what point are you just not going to be able to overcome all of these injuries? You know, I mean, going into this Thursday night game, too, with a quick turnaround, Henry. I mean, that injury list is as long as I've seen it. And we've had some bad luck. And really, it stems from a couple of weeks ago, man. I mean, with, with here's the major thing with these injuries, too. Yeah, Chubb is brutal. Yeah, Kareem Hunt is brutal to IR. JOK, insanely brutal as well. But the two tackles, man. I, um, you know, when you have to rely on Blake Hans and James Hudson, who, look, I think James Hudson has a bright future, but he has had a rough go of things in, in limited action this year. So it has to be the injuries, Henry. I mean, I was not impressed with Baker at all. In fact, I was very disappointed with his play. Um I wasn't impressed with Kevin Stefanski either or Joe Woods for that matter. So we'll get into that as we go on, Henry. But I mean, if I'm just thinking of one thing off the top of my head, it's injuries. And I, I don't know how this team is going to overcome the amount of injuries that they have been sustained at this point. I just, I'm, I'm not sure it's possible. Short term, I, I agree with you that it's the injuries, uh, you know, for Thursday night, for, for maybe the next week or two after that. I do think, you know, none of these are, are hopefully going to be season enders or anything like that. So I do think there is some light at the end of the tunnel as far as the Browns are hopefully going to get Nick Chubb back at some point. They are hopefully going to get JOK back at some point. And even Kareem Hunt, even though it sounds like that one's a pretty serious calf injury. They look, this happens, right? The the, the Browns, I, I do feel like some Browns fans are, are going a little over the top in terms of the, the, the Browns are not the only team to get injured, but I think you made a key point there that it is to keep players and key positions right they have cluster injuries at running back they have cluster injuries at tackle and so now you're down to like your third and fourth string kind of guys it's like what we saw at corner against the chargers a couple of weeks ago when you have multiple injuries at, at that position you've really got to reach deep into the depth chart that's where it becomes a major problem because like the ravens have 16 guys on ir the lions have 14 guys on ir but, you know, outside of running back for the Ravens, those guys are kind of spread out across the roster. They aren't necessarily you know, guys that were going to have a major, major impact uh, across the board, whereas you're looking at a lot of the best Browns players are, are banged up right now. Again, I see some light at the end of the tunnel, but as far as Thursday night, I, I don't see a lot of light at, at the tunnel in terms of getting any of these guys back. I think it's going to be tough for this Browns offense to function in particular. Yeah, and it's been tough for them to function, you know, both units really uh, to function at, at full strength at times this year, Henry. 
And I'm going to go back to uh, just the tackle. And I, the, I just feel like the second Conklin went down, and obviously Wills has been compromised all year, Henry, but when Conklin went down, I, I, something changed with Stefanski. And I don't know what it is, but, it, you know, I, I talked about it, you know, last week with, uh, you know, the Chargers and, and, and when Hudson went down, everything that happened. And I just feel like, you know, this, we were just set up for failure the way that they came into that game and how they wanted to play the Cardinals in that game. Henry, I go back to the first possession on offense where, you know, I was saying all week on ESPN Cleveland over the radio all week, like, I don't want Stefanski to fall into this trap of, staying away from the run even like look we know every team is going to come out and say to the browns beat us throwing the ball like that's going to happen i think the cardinals or you know someone on the i think it was joe batonio on the browns came out and talked about how the cardinals were playing a 6-2 just stacking the box and saying beat us throwing the ball look this team is good enough this running kareem hunt is good enough this offensive line is good enough that you can beat teams when they know what you're going to do because it's just a ground and pound style of football. It comes down to physicality at that point. Who's going to win the strength matchup? But they saw that and said, look, we don't have our tackles. We're compromised on the offensive line and they're stacking the box. Let's come out. Like they came out, they started that game in three straight shotgun empty sets. And I just thought like, if that's, if that's going to be a game plan today, this is going to be a long ass day and it ended up being a long ass day. Henry, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if Stefanski is coaching scared or coaching too, too much to, you know, trying to aid these injuries. I don't know what it is, but for the second that game started, I just, it just seems to me seemed like the Browns were overmatched and didn't have a chance. And to me, it came down to the game plan. I know. Yeah. I know it's not as simple as that, but when you come out and start like that and you know that the weather was already crazy, there's 30 mile an hour winds off the lake. It was just it was just a rough start, Henry, and it didn't get any better to go on. See, I, I agreed with you at, at first, but Jordan, I went back and watched the game on Monday, and there were guys open all over the place on that first drive. And, and really throughout a lot of the beginning of the game, to me, that is not bad play calling. That's bad execution by Baker Mayfield. Like it's they bad it is bad decision making because you know that at this point, Baker is compromised. And he is so bothered by that shoulder and so bothered by Odell being on the field that he just can't throw the ball right now. And it's your job as a coach to see that in practice. Or maybe he's not seeing it in practice. And maybe it's just totally on Baker and his game day preparation or whatever happens to him the second the game starts. But it's your job as a coach to know, like, hey, it's the guy's just not getting the job done. We have to go elsewhere. And I, and I understand what you're saying. Guys were wide-ass open. I was tweeting about it all day on Sunday. Odell was open every single time he ran a route on Sunday. But Baker can't get him the ball. You can't get the ball to open people right now. So why are you trying that? I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't get it. Well, I, I guess I'm a little confused what you want him to do. Because, yeah, the Cardinals came out in that 6-2 defense, and the Browns couldn't run the ball they, against they, they didn't try to run the ball. It's not that they couldn't. They didn't try to run the ball. And then when, when the offense started actually moving the ball, Henry, is because they were pounding the ball on the ground with Kareem Hunt. He came to life in that third quarter. It was because the Browns were running the ball. They weren't moving the ball before that because they weren't trying to run the ball. See, I'm, back I'm, and watched it. I know you saw it. Like I uh, see, I'm see, but yeah, that's where I'm going to disagree with you because when the Browns started moving the ball in the third quarter, the Cardinals were no longer playing the eight men in the box defense because they were playing with the big lead. I mean, I, to me, if Baker Mayfield can't throw the ball, so, so we're just going to lose every game now because teams are just going to come out and say stack the box and we're not going to be able to do anything about it. Uh, or we got to figure out a better our, our quarterback has to play better I mean that's uh, if Baker Mayfield can't play better than he did in the game on Sunday if it's really all the shoulder 
then he's got to sit down. I mean, that it was Jordan. It was laughable how bad it was. I mean, I it was uh, the one interception in particular, Henry, the one where he overthrew. I think it was Rashard Higgins. I mean, I went back and like you know how um like Bill Barnwell and Jake Trotter, those guys, they tweet out like the video of the play as it like develops. Henry, there every single guy that ran a route on that play, and I think it was five guys were wide open, and to yeah. miss that egregiously, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what happened to Baker. It, it, that one was bad, and it, it bothered me for sure. But what bothered me more than anything, Jordan, was really in the first couple drives of the game when the guys were wide open and, and Baker just didn't either see them or throw the ball. I don't know which it is. Isn't that the but- weird thing, though? Because, I like, Henry, I, I'm talking talk about Odell in particular on that third down and fourth down where he was open on a third down. I think Baker got sacked or something like that. They end up going for on fourth down. He gets sacked again. And like Henry, I, I, they showed the replay and Odell was wide open. It looked to me from the angle, like Baker saw him and then looked away. And then in that split second, when you do that, that's the play. And he did it twice on back-to-back plays. I, just, I don't understand what he's seeing or what he's not seeing out there and what happened. To him. I just, I don't get it. I, I, I said the same thing on my reaction podcast, you know, post game when I was going solo. I, I have no explanation for what's going on. And it wasn't just Odell in, in this game. And that's what was almost even more concerning. It, tight ends, wide open. I, I, I brought up this one play. Baker rolled out to the left uh, off play action, a play we've seen a million times, right? The, the line goes to the right. He rolls, he bootlegs out left. And the Browns have a nice little route concept going. He boots out. Donovan Peoples-Jones is the only option. He's the only option. He is open. He, you know, the, the Cardinals have some defenders there, but it's one of those throws Baker just needs to loft it over the second level and underneath the safeties. There is no other route there. And he just, run, he doesn't throw it. He puts the ball in his left hand and, and scampers out of bounds for like a two-yard game. And you watch that and you're just like, what, what is going on here? Like there was no other option. Like what could he not see or what is he not doing? And to me that it, it it's, it's at that point, it's like, okay, if you're Kevin Stefanski, like what, what else are you supposed to do? It must've been so frustrating to call play after play that worked that then was just not executed upon. Here's the thing. And I think this is true. And, and when it gets to this point for a quarterback athlete, of any sort, you know, an NBA player, a pitcher in major leagues, when you get so much in your head, Henry, because like to me, everything that you just laid out and that I've laid out about what we're disappointed in Baker, basically those are just mental errors for the most part. I mean, think about it. Why isn't he seeing that guy? Why is he making this decision? Why isn't he making that decision? That's all in your head. These guys are open. And I just think at some point he got so in his head about, you know, fan base coming at him getting attacked in the media but you open yourself up to that man when you go out and you're on these commercials and all that so i i just don't get it henry i think he's in his head i think it's the injury didn't help and it's almost one of those things too where i think he's starting to press right where like i think he he's he was wants to do so good that it's like it's affecting how he plays and and the, you know the mental component of, of playing quarterback i really think that's the only thing you can explain other than the shoulder as to why this insane dip has happened. It's that. And I think it's the guys around him, Jordan. And I think that's the, the long-term question. Yeah. You know, I still think when this Browns roster is healthy, 
that it, outside of, of Baker, it's the best roster in the NFL. I, I think that uh, of this Browns roster. And I think if, if Baker Mayfield plays even, you know, average the rest of the way, you know, somewhere between this last Cardinals game and, you know, the first half of the Chiefs game, if he kind of splits the difference there, that this Browns team is going to make the playoffs, still compete and, and all of that. But my, my longer term concern is, hey, as soon as the tackles are down, like, the Browns are the only team to have injured tackles in the NFL, right? And as soon as that happened and, you know, he had a safety blanket and Jarvis Landry taken away, it's falling apart mentally. It's falling apart physically with some of his footwork stuff is just terrible in the pocket. It's, it, it's so bad. He's like not set up properly to make some of these throws at times. He's scrambling around and getting, you know, strip sacked. All that stuff makes me wonder, you know, long-term, can Baker Mayfield, you know, really figure things out when they go wrong? And, and the problem is, I don't know what's the shoulder and what's not. I know on the last podcast, you said, you know, after a bad performance, you know, in the previous game, that you were still 100% confident in Baker as this franchise quarterback going forward. Are you still feeling that way, you know, after this last game? I think I am, but I think it, it gets to a certain point for Baker where it's like, dude, if you like, did you hear his press conference today, Henry? I did. And he was very much, like, he gets into these weird moods, right? Like his press conference today had very, very, very like 2019 Baker press conference vibe to it, where you can tell he's being snappy with reporters. He didn't want to be there answering questions. And I get all that, but at the same time, man, like you have a job to do, just go out there, talk, talk for however long. But the thing that stood out to me about that was like, he made it seem like it's his decision to play. He was like, Hey, I like, I'm the one that can decide if my body is ready. I'm the one that's ultimately going to decide at the end of the day. And at what point do I wonder, like, like, what point do you just, do you have to just say like, I'm being a detriment to my team. Because at this point, Henry, like there was, I, I was seeing tweets today where it's like Baker season could be over. Like that was a real possibility today before like we got these MRI results. Sounds like he's going to play on Thursday. And so we go back to asking ourselves the question of like, is a hurt and compromised Baker Mayfield better than Case Keenum? And at this point, I, I don't know how you can say it is based off of the last really two out of three games. I'll take the Chargers game out of that. But, you know, the Vikings game, and this Cardinals game, I mean, it's been pretty bad. And it's at the point now, too, Henry, where I think that if he takes another shot on that shoulder, which we know teams are – it's well-documented he's hurt. Teams are going to go after him. If he takes another shot on that shoulder, his season is probably done. I mean, that's just fact of the matter at this point. It, 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 it probably is. He, we, we had learned today it was a fully torn labrum. It wasn't partially torn. It's a fully torn – plus the dislocation of that same shoulder yesterday. If you take another shot on that shoulder, Henry, there's no coming back from that. He's going to be done for the year. So, like, yeah, Baker's my guy moving forward, but, like, at right now, at this point in time for this team and what we need, I think you have to consider Case Keenum. And go back to what I said about Kevin Stefanski and me being a little disappointed in him. Why is Baker Mayfield the one making this decision? Why is it not Kevin Stefanski? It should be the coach. He should step in and say, like, hey, man, look, we need you long term. This is a short week. Get better. We'll see where you're at for that Halloween game against the Steelers. But Case is going to start on Thursday. I don't know why Kevin Stefanski isn't stepping in and doing that. We need leadership at this time. And I guess I, I understand Baker's trying to be a leader and, and prove to his team, like, I'm going to be out there for you guys no matter what. 
but at what cost? I don't want to lose him for the year, and I don't want this compromised quarterback who can't hit open wide receivers playing in a must-win game. It's a fair question on Stefanski. I mean, as far as the Baker injury, look, it's not going to heal until the offseason. I mean, it happens. This is a common thing in hockey, which is the sport I grew up playing, where once you dislocate a shoulder, it basically is going to pop out as long as you keep playing until something happens about it. And he said it happened twice in non-contact situations in the Browns game. So it's going to keep happening. Every time he gets hit, uh, that shoulder is going to be at risk of at least dislocating, uh, you know, if not other damage being done to it. So that's just where the Browns are at right now. Hopefully it'll get better. You know, you can do things to strengthen uh, things around the shoulder to try to prevent those dislocations. I think Baker was talking about that as well in his press conference, but you're right with, with Stefanski. I mean, that's the thing that, that bothers me more than anything is, Hey, you, you, when your quarterback isn't executing and, and really this goes for the defense too, that we can get into later. It's like the concept may be great, but if your player can't execute, you either got to change what you're doing anyway, or you got to sit that player down. And, and with Baker Mayfield right now, I just don't know, you know, especially without the running backs, if there's really a whole lot of other options other than sitting him down and bringing in Case Keenum. I, uh, especially for this, you know, the short turnaround, I think I would consider that and then, you know, think about bringing him back for the Steelers game, which I wasn't really there, you know, uh, after the game, but just hearing the comments from him, hearing about how sore it is, I think the Browns might be at that point, especially without their tackles. Exactly. And he said in the same thing, like it was, it's obvious, right. That, you know, they're asking him like, Hey, like what, like how can your shoulder get better? And he's like, I mean, the obvious answer is not getting hit. It's like, if that's the case, then what are we doing? Like, and especially we just have talked about for the first 15 minutes of this podcast, how the Browns are without two tackles. And I bet you they're going to be out without two tackles on Thursday because things don't change that drastically over a three or four day stretch. It just doesn't happen like that. And so if that's the case, you're going to put a guy out there who we know is one shot away from it being done, uh, hasn't been able to get the job done. And we know that if you, the more hits you take, the more brutal that injury is going to be. And the Broncos have a pretty good defense and a pretty good defensive line. So I, I it just, it smells like a recipe for disaster again, Henry. And I, God, I am not, I can't, my, my brain, my body can't physically handle two disasters in five days. It's it, it, it's really a lose-lose situation too, I think. And I think that's what may be playing into Baker's mentality here is on one hand, if he sits down, you know, he, if Case Keenan plays decently, he might not, you know, see the field again for a couple of weeks. That could jeopardize his contract situation in a way that he's not looking for going forward here. On the flip side, the same thing could happen if he plays and keeps playing the way he, uh, the way he has been playing the last couple of weeks. I think, you know, as the player, Baker's probably thinking, hey, I want to be on the field. I think I can turn this around. But I'm wondering if that's playing into it as well. Real quick, you talked about the contracts real quick. Uh, and I don't want to, you know, not to get like too far into like future discussions here. But you saying that just sparked this for me. Baker's contract. Obviously, we know, Henry, we sat here all offseason talking about, is he going to get it done? I thought it was going to happen. I thought it was going to be a very hefty contract. And I think that's what he deserved. But he didn't get it. And from all things that we had, uh, you know, all things that were reported was that Baker and his side was ready to get the deal done. And they were just waiting for the Browns. And that offer never came. Do you think that 
it is kind of was kind of for reason. And the Browns were waiting to see what was going to happen. And they weren't totally sold on Baker being the guy. And his play this year has kind of showed that as well. Because Henry, I hadn't thought about it yet. And I was talking about how I think Baker has been pressing this entire season. Talked to Jake Trotter last week and he brought that up as well. He's like, is anyone talking about how like the contract situation could be playing into this? Because, you know, Baker's a guy that he plays. He's a very emotional player. And when he gets psyched up, like that's good, but it's also bad. And I don't know. I just think that that contract situation might be playing into this as well. And also this is kind of justifying the Browns stance at kind of like holding at a stalemate. Yeah, I, you know, I talked about how, the, you know, in the offseason, maybe they didn't want to get it done because they wanted the, you know, the, the 16, 17 more data points in order to make that decision. And not only could it be manifesting itself on the on the field with Baker, but I think Kevin Stefanski is telling you a little bit about what he thinks about Baker Mayfield in terms of, you know, they come out in, in that game in empty, right? They, they spread the ball out. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of the reason you do that is so, you know, you're, you're, guys can identify where pressure is coming from. It makes the game really simple, right? You know, both for the tackles, but also for the quarterback. Part of me was like, is that because Kevin Stefanski's not like fully trusting Baker here? Hey, without the two tackles, you know, I, I'm not sure I can just call my offense the exact same way. And I'm seeing some of that too. I mean, like some of the third down stuff from Baker Mayfield, he doesn't seem like he's pulling the trigger on, on deeper throws. So I'm wondering if, Stefanski. Doesn't seem like we're doing a lot of play action and the same bootlegs and nakeds that were kind of became that staple of the offense too, Henry. And that gets kind of to the point of what I was saying about Stefanski earlier and why I'm disappointed in him. It, it, I, I don't want to say it, but it's almost like has the rest of the league figured his play calling out? I, I did see some stats because uh, somebody asked that question to Jake Burns and the play action numbers are relatively similar, slightly down. Are they? But it just the, seems, maybe just because we haven't had the success, it seems like we haven't done it as much. Well, and that's exactly what I was about to say. The The numbers are the same. And the only thing that those are slightly down, the screens are slightly up. The screens have obviously been very successful for the Browns, the tight end and running back screens. But the downfield throws from Baker Mayfield have been terrible his numbers are dropping drastically. And that's an area where he used to excel so well, especially as a rookie. And then the Browns got back to it last year, but he's just not able to, to make those throws right now. I don't know what the, the final stat came in for the Cardinals game, but he was 0 for 11 in the prior two games on throws 20 yards plus downfield. And that's where you could tell me the shoulder is playing into it, but he's just not making those throws deep down the field in the same way outside of the Hail Mary. Well, that's what I was going to say is like, you could say, sit there and be like, well, yeah, I mean, the shoulder is affecting his ability to throw the ball downfield. Henry, that was like the law. Did you see the next gen stats on that Hail Mary? I was like through the air, that ball traveled, I think it was 67 yards through the air. And that was like, ever since next gen stats existed, that was the farthest touchdown in terms of ball traveling through the air. So like he can throw a 70 yard pass into the end zone at the end of the half. Maybe not, maybe the accurate, I guess, because you don't necessarily need to be as accurate on that. You're kind of just throwing it up. So maybe the arm strength is there and the accuracy is kind of just lacking down the field with the shoulder. I don't know, but it's all just so hard to figure out. I don't know either. And until that, that play, Baker Mayfield on out of rhythm throws deep down the field, he had 18 such completions his rookie year. In the over two years since, he had five. 
that Hail Mary made number six. He's just not making plays. He's never made plays out of structure with Kevin Stefanski. And now that the ones in structure aren't being made either, it's looking, there's just, there's nothing to this offense, right? Like if he's not going to make the plays in structure, if he's not going to make the plays out of structure, like what are we doing here? Right? Like you see the Cardinals, like, I don't think I have a great offense in terms of their in structure plays, but Kyler makes so many out of structure plays. It's fine. And then you see other offenses where it's all, you know, in structure type stuff, you know, the Brady's of the world. Yeah, it's pretty much in structure or he's throwing the ball away. Baker Mayfield's not doing either well right now. And that's where, you know, there's really just not a lot to turn to in terms of what you do next. And can we talk about fourth down real quick? We like, absolutely can. <laughs> I know that you and I differ on this. Uh, I think that, at this point, it's like Stefanski, it, it, at, at a certain point, you can become too analytically driven. And I think that we've reached that point where like every, like Henry, there's a point in time like you. So here's the thing. Uh, it was 24-7 before going into the half, right? And then you, and then you, you complete that Hail Mary. It's 24-14 going into the half. Think about it, too. This, this game could have probably should have been 37-7. to I mean, the only other touchdown the Browns scored was that Hail Mary. But you could kick that field goal in that situation where the Browns go for it on the fourth down Baker gets sacked for the 6 million and 900th time this, you know, this season on fourth down. Um, you kick that field goal, you get a three points. You're going into the half as, as with it being a one score game. I just think there are certain situations where analytics can't get the whole grasp of it. And, and especially with the Browns, I understand that the analytics are always going to tell you to go for it on fourth and short and in those types of situations, but at a certain, they don't factor in how many of them you are converting or how many of them you are failing. And the Browns are failing just about every single one of them. I've never seen the team go for it on fourth down as much that doesn't convert that. Like at this point, Henry, like we should expect, if it's a fourth and one or fourth and two, you should expect with a good offense, you should expect to get that every time. For me right now, it's the exact opposite. I see the Browns are coming out for it on fourth down. I, I sit there like, oh my God, here we go again. I, it happened on Sunday. You know, when I talked about Henry, how, you know, with like the Jamie Gillen thing where you, where you can joke like, Oh, we're here comes a 25 punt and a 25 yard punt. And then the 25 yard punt actually comes like when things, when jokes start to become reality, that's when you have a real problem. That's what's happened with the Browns on fourth down, because I was watching this game. They came out on fourth down. I said to the people that I was watching with, watch him get sacked. Two seconds later, he gets sacked. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't get what it is. The play calling needs to change. I go back to this as to why I'm disappointed with Stefanski. You can tell me that Kareem Hunt, who I don't think I've seen him get tackled by the first guy that's touched him this entire year, can't get you a yard and a half, two yards on fourth down. Like I, I, I don't get the play calling more than I, I, I don't get going for it on fourth down. But in general, I just think sometimes certain situations, especially when your offense is struggling, like our offense is, take the points sometimes. Again, you, you know, as you said, you know I'm in favor of going for it. But to me, it goes back to something I said earlier, which is either, you know, if you are doing something and the players can't execute it, you either have to change what you're doing, even that that's not what you want to do, or you have to change the players, the personnel, right? And, and to me, that's what the same issue with the fourth down as it is with the overall play calling. You brought it up earlier. The fourth down, again – uh, they called a play where somebody was wide open and, and Baker didn't throw the football. And so you're sitting there in the, in the people like me that are defending Kevin Stefanski are like, 
it's the right move. He called a play where the player is wide open. Like somebody has to be able to throw that guy the football. But I see the counterpoint of, hey, if you just have a quarterback that that can't make that throw or given, you know, his worries about the, the offensive line is unwilling to stand in there and let things develop, then, yeah, I guess at some point you have to change things up. It's just hard for me to look at that and see the 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 call work and and still blame that person rather than the execution, even though obviously they go hand in hand. Yeah, and I just think he's at a point too where like Kevin Stavansky is the guy that has to be like he, this for whatever reason. Like I don't know why this isn't working. I'm calling the right plays, but we aren't executing. We don't execute in this situation, so let's switch it up. That's all I'm saying. Like, I, I just like feel like, you know, what's the classic definition? Like doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, like the definition of insanity. Like, at what point does this does, does that apply to this situation? It, it 100 percent applies to this situation, I think, at this point, especially if, you know, you've got to have a read on, on how your quarterback is playing. And, and given how bad Baker was playing in that game, I think that that's where you have to make some changes ultimately to, you know, your decision-making, you know, you got to throw out the numbers at at some point. And I'm loath to do that. I think I'm the last person to throw out the numbers, but in this case, I think you got to throw out the numbers at a certain point. We've reached that tipping point. We have. And then of course we got to switch it over to the other side of the ball, Henry defense. Um, So where are you at with Joe Woods now? Because you and I sat here on this podcast, right, defending Joe Woods really throughout this entire year and throughout the offseason. I think you and I were both, you know, under the same sentiment that, like, look, the, you, you can blame the scheme all you want, but if you don't have the personnel to produce inside that scheme, then what does it even matter? So I think we kind of both agreed that Joe Woods kind of got a free pass for that last year. Is there any way you can make an excuse for what's going on with this defense this year, Henry? I mean, they're getting torched. Here's the only thing that I think you can say in defense of Joe Woods at this point is the fact that the players, it's kind of like the offense, right? Like the players just aren't getting the job done. Uh, the amount of blown coverages I've seen, uh, I've been super, super disappointed with John Johnson. I mean, they gave him a lot of money and I, I can't even tell you five good plays he's made this year. And I can sit here and probably tell you five blown coverages that he's had in the last three games. The same with Troy Hill. He had a, a, a just a reprehensible game on Sunday. Um, I, I, the communication isn't there again, that could fall back on the coach. I don't know what it is, Henry, but they aren't executing. They're leaving guys like some of these gaps. Like, did you see that Deshaun Watson or, uh, Deandre Hopkins had like his, the two most wide open touchdown catches of his career on Sunday. That should just never happen against a top flight wide receiver. You're not even going to put a body anywhere near him. So I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just the players aren't getting done. The scheme is awful. It's probably a combination of both at this point. But the fact of the matter is Joe Woods is running out of time because the personnel is there right now and the Browns aren't getting the job done on defense. It's been pathetic the last two weeks. It's again, you know, we went back and, you know, talked about Joe Woods. We were talking about it's difficult sometimes to separate the coach from the players. And and that's how it's been somewhat on the offensive side of the ball. I, I think at this point people have separated out, hey, Baker's not executing, but but some of the, the calls are right. At this point on the defensive side of the ball, I think it's both the players and the coach that are failing in that. And that's the distinction. And the secondary, I just don't know what to make of it. I I mean, they made so many bad plays and the Browns, they play quarters a lot. And that's a great idea. 
Like that is a great idea to play quarters. I like that defensive coverage. I think a lot of the best defenses in the NFL are playing a lot of quarters, none more so than the Browns, mind you. But a lot of teams are playing a lot of quarters these days, except the difference is those teams can actually execute quarters. And although I think the Browns secondary should be able to execute quarters, they're not. So either the coach needs to figure out a way to change something up or they need to make personnel changes. But in this case, I think it's both because you brought it up. It's not, it's John Johnson, but it's way more than John Johnson. Ronnie Harrison has been awful in coverage on that wide open touchdown. When's the last time when, can you even think of the last Brown safety we had that could, that was good in coverage? Cause I can't, it's maybe been 26 years for me. I mean, I, I seriously can't think of one. It's definitely been a while. I'm sure there's been one that's escaping me, but look, John Johnson's being used in coverage a lot. To Sean Gibson, maybe. That might be the only one. There There you go. go. (laughs) That's a great one. Uh, But look, John Johnson's being used out of place a little bit, too, as part of this. He played, you know, about half his snaps in the box last year and and half in coverage. So I think that goes to the point about the defensive coordinator. He's not using John Johnson properly. When John Johnson's been back there, though, in the past, he's done a good job. He's not doing a good job at, at all. But Ronnie Harrison also isn't doing a good job. So that goes back to, you know, the personnel. But in uh, Troy Hill didn't have a good game. Denzel Ward also did not. I, I know he got the uh, the pass interference that was the wrong call. And, and I know Browns fans were upset with that. But go look at the first touchdown of the game. Uh, I saw a lot of people blaming Troy Hill for that one. That one was not Troy Hill's fault. Denzel Ward on a third and 17 jumped a six-yard route. And they threw it right in the zone where Denzel Ward is supposed to be. And Troy Hill was the closest guy. And as the game went along, Troy Hill had some other issues. And so people kind of lumped that in with his bad play. But that was just an an inexplicable mistake from a guy that's supposed to be your lead corner and cost the Browns seven points. I mean, the, the Cardinals were not getting that if Denzel Ward doesn't make that mistake. It was a criminal you know, cardinal sin for, from Denzel Ward. And that's just happening all the time. These guys are pulling coverages all the time. They play one defense more than anybody else, and they keep blowing coverages in that exact defense. Like, that has to be part coaching and part execution. But if you ask where I am with Joe Woods, my answer is I think at this point, Joe Woods is firmly on the hot seat, and they better turn it around quickly because otherwise I don't think he has a case to keep his job. Yeah, and then think about, too, like if you let the Broncos – just look at the next two games for the Browns. They have the Broncos and Steelers both at home. If you let one of the, either one of those teams, which don't have very good offenses whatsoever, hang 40 on you, Henry, it's going to get ugly pretty quickly here, as it should, because like you said, it, the, the clock is ticking. And, again, I don't know what it is with these blown coverages, but I can – I mean – probably four or five touchdowns in the last two weeks are responsive blown coverages. I mean, how those are mental mistakes. This is professional football. I don't know how this keeps happening. And at what the, that's what I'm saying at the, at a point where at a point where these guys, your players aren't executing to, to a certain degree and you're doing the same thing. Like we're talking about, where's the blame go? I think at a certain, certain point, the blame turns to the guy in charge when you when you're when you're doing the same thing over and over again and and you're not doing anything to change it and the result isn't changing i think that's when it turns over to the leader but i think that's what we talk about with Stefanski and that's certainly what we talk about with Joe Woods the other thing is yes the, the guys aren't executing but number one you know it's not his job just to call the defense he's got to teach it and these guys have executed in other stops so 
They've been incredibly inconsistent. I've been disappointed with, with the players pretty much across the board in the secondary outside of Greg Newsom, but they've performed in the past. Like the personnel isn't limited in terms of their physical capabilities. Like you said, these are mental errors coming from not inexperienced guys either. So to me, that does point ultimately to the coach. Like if you can't get veterans who have played, you know, in these defenses before to communicate better, like that is your job. That is literally your job. You are the coordinator of the defense and they are terribly coordinated right now in the secondary. And then I don't know if you heard Malik Jackson's press availability today, but he said something that was just alarming to me, Henry. It's basically like, yeah, like if it's blown coverages, he's like, it's blown assignments. He's like, and it's at the point now for this team where we got to be thinking about what we're going to be doing in the game on defense, you know, at practice, at the game, the second we go home, before we go to bed, and all that. And I was just kind of like, man, like, I don't know. I don't know why, but that was kind of just an alarming comment to me where I was just like, man, that's, it's bad. Like, it's, it's, it's bad for this defense right now. And, and the, the, the fans know it. The people that cover the team know it. And it certainly sounds like the players know it at this point, too. And, and that can be a downward, downward spiral. Because, like I said, that's when you get in the guys pressing guys wanting to overcompensate for past failures and, and then trying too hard. And that results in blown coverages and mental lapses. So I, it, it's got to correct itself soon, Henry, but I don't know if it's going to. Well, I think the Billy Jackson comment too, is something that I actually saw manifesting itself on the field where the Browns offensive line is frustrated with the, the secondary. I think you can tell based on some of the reactions that these guys are having, because we've talked about it before. The Browns have a bunch of guys who are at the top of the league in pressure rate. And they are one of the worst defenses at getting off the field on third down. Those two things should not go together. Like, if you think about it, like, that is not what should happen. But it's happening because the secondary is blowing For three coverage. straight years at this point, that's been the case, too. This isn't yeah. just an overnight theme with this defense. It's not. And, again, the, the third down defense has been a consistent problem under Joe Woods. It's what I had. I pointed it out as a concern earlier in the year. It got better for a bit. It was terrible in this game. And you could just, you can see the body language of some of these guys. They turn around uh, and, you know, uh, they get some pressure, the ball comes out and then there's a blown coverage where the guys all of a sudden picking up a first down and you see them hang their heads. And uh, that's natural. I don't think it's really anything to blame the defensive line, but that's where I think that Malik Jackson comment comes from. Cause I saw that in the game on Sunday. Also real quick, I forget who I saw this from. I think it was like a Cardinals, like, might have been like their play-by-play like analyst for uh, their radio broadcast network. But I saw this quote of like the amount of opportunities that the Cardinals missed in that game was like the crazy. This guy was saying that he's like he's never seen a team miss as many opportunities on offense, and they still hung thirty-seven on on us and still made it look easy. So if that's the case, Henry, that that, game, that could have been fifty-five to seven for all we know. Uh, that's how outmatched this offense was by their defense. Oh, by the way. They didn't have their offensive coordinator. They didn't have their head coach. They like you would have thought we were the team missing all of those guys, Henry. I mean, it was just ugly. And it sounds like I haven't gone back and watched just because I, I would try to get this one out of out of my taste and just a quick turnaround and getting ready for the Broncos. So I haven't gone back and watched, but I would be interested to see and in going back and just how many plays where you look at for the Cardinals on offense and be like, oh, there was a dude wide open 50 yards down the field right there, and Kyler didn't see him. And then, then the next play, the same thing. Like I would be interested to see that because it sounds like that happened a lot too and not to mention they had success on a lot of the plays they did and uh, you know in their defense the browns turned it over three times on offense but that was probably when they the the defense played the best actually is when they actually face some adversity so the the browns offense didn't help them 
but it definitely, definitely could have been worse. I mean, this game was over, you know, also, you know, pretty early. So it wasn't like the Cardinals were exactly pressing, but Jordan, I know, I know you've got to go here soon, but I want to get your thoughts uh, on that Broncos game. You know, we're recording this Tuesday night. We don't have all the exact injury information yet, but you know, the Broncos come to town on Thursday in what's a pivotal, pivotal matchup for the Browns here at three and three. Do you think this defense, do you think Baker, the whole team, do you think they can turn it around this quickly? I think they can. Um, this is a really tough one for me. I, I Look, I think that the Browns realize the sense of urgency. Um, they should have realized it going in this Cardinals game, but now everything like, you know, the poops really starting to roll down the hill now. And I think that they realize that. And Henry, I think that they're treating this game as a must win game. And look, this, Let's call it for what it is. This has to be, if Baker's going to play, no injuries aside, no, if, and especially if the decision lies on him, you don't have the excuse of the injury. You, you don't. If, if it's going to be your decision to play and you're going to go out there, I don't want to hear the excuse of the injury. Baker needs to go out and have one of the best games of his career. Kevin Stefanski needs to go out and have one of the best games from a coaching standpoint of his career. And, and with all these injuries, it's going to have to be. And the same with Joe Wood. So there's a lot of guys with pressure on them on Thursday, Henry. Ultimately, I think they get a gift in playing a team in Denver that's not very good, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And even their defense was torched by a Raiders offense that I don't think is that impressive last week either. So I, I, I look, I think the Browns can bounce back. I think they will. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any stretch. I think it's going to be one of those games where, you know, we're going to be sweating it out. We're definitely going to see some stuff that still pisses us off. And that's just kind of how that's going to go. But I do think that they will bounce back. And I do think that, uh, Ah, we're going to be going into that mini bye week at four and three, at least hopefully, man, because they need it. If we go into that bye week at three and four, uh, I mean, I'm not bye week, but you know what I mean? 10 day, 10 days off in between games. If they go into a Halloween game against Steelers at three and four, I don't even know. I, I don't know. You, you might be doing this podcast by yourself the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's a strong reaction, but I, you know, for me, I'm not, you know, I've, I've seen the must win. I've seen the panic meters, for me, this is not quite not quite a must win, but it's darn close. I think that's how is it? How is it not? Because I think if you look at the schedule over the next five weeks, it's pretty weak. And so what but I would that, say is I see, I don't see Henry. I think a couple of weeks ago you and I sat here and said that and it was true. But the fact of the matter is the Ravens are a much, much, much better football team than the Browns are. They're the best team in the AFC right now. The Bengals, you could argue, are a better team than the Browns are right now. It's like those those are three of the three of the four um three games of the next like six or seven coming up. I I don't think the Bengals are, are better than the Browns. I'll say that much. And I don't think the Steelers are better than the Browns. Record, too. So I mean, the record proves that they are. Well, we'll see when they have to play the teams that the Browns have played uh, so far, because again, things are about to get a lot tougher for the Bengals uh, on their schedule as well, including a, a game against Baltimore this weekend. So for me, the Steelers game in two weeks is more of the must win, whether the Browns win or lose this because of the divisional standings that you talked about. So that's the one I would circle. As but here's, hey. why, here's why it also could be for conference standings. You already lost to the Chiefs. You already lost to the, the Chargers, who are two teams that we probably expect to be in the playoffs at the end of the day. So you can't really afford to lose to another AFC team and another AFC West team at that. Maybe that could play a factor at the end of the year. To me, though, it's just, the division is going to matter more, especially because I, I frankly think I expect the Steelers and the Bengals to be actually the ones competing with the Browns for that final. You know, if the Browns aren't going to win the division, which I, by the way, I'm still not ruling out, especially if they win this game. 
But if they aren't going to win the division, I think the Steelers and Bengals are much more likely to be the ones actually competing with them for the wild card spots as opposed to the Broncos at this point. The other thing is I am also in this after everything we just said, after all the negative stuff about Baker, about the defense, about Stefanski, I'm not, I, I, there's a glimmer of hope here for me because of, of the matchup. I think this is going to be a disgusting game, Jordan. I, I don't know what the over-under is. I don't think a lot of points are going to yeah. be scored. Thursday this, night, too. This Broncos offensive line is not good. Their receivers are banged up. Like I do think the Browns defense is going to bounce back in this game in a big way. And so ultimately, I think that's going to give the Browns a chance to win. Now, the, the weakness of the Denver defense at this point is the secondary. Can the Browns take advantage of that? Can Baker Mayfield take advantage of that? I have no idea. Do I have any confidence right now? No, I don't, which is why I think this is going to be a disgusting, mm-hmm. low-scoring game. But the Browns are at home. They, you know, and they should have, you know, some of the, the more higher-end talent here. I'm not sure if they're going to be able, uh, you know, to figure it out. I am really not, but I think, you know, Baker Mayfield's on play has to get better. And then this is going to be a test of the leadership of this team as well. We always talk about how Baker's, you know, yeah. this, this leader, and it's got to come through now because it's his side of the ball. It's him that is struggling. And this to me, I think is a point where the season is teetering. That's, that is the argument for this being a must game win game. As I said, I don't think from a, a pure schedule, you know, a breakdown, that kind of thing is a, a is a must win game, but what if the Browns, you know, locker room starts to really form some divisions if they lose this game? I think that's the bigger concern. Definitely. And I feel like at the same time saying that with all the injuries going on, Henry, if you're able to galvanize the team together in a short period of time and win this game, so undermanned, then that builds momentum moving forward and especially going into that, you know, the 10 days off, be able to get some guys healthy. So a win would be huge. I mean, obviously that's no like, you know, breaking news. But at the same time, like I, a loss could be season crumbling, in my opinion. And, and, and that's why I think that this is a, a must win, because Henry, we talked about going into that Chargers game, right? The Browns are going to play three games in like 13 days or something like that. There's a chance they're going to lose all three of them. And that, that is not something that sits well with the team. And guys are going to start getting antsy. And like you said, that's when you start to see division in the locker room, guys starting to question coaches, you know, and vice versa. And that's just a situation they need to avoid. That's why I'm kind of looking at this as a must win, not necessarily from a standings standpoint, although that's important as well, but really just like a mental outlook on this team and the psyche of this team moving forward. I think they got to get this one, Henry. Well, Jordan, we'll see how it all goes down on Thursday night here. A big one for the Browns, for sure. We'll have a post-game reaction and all that stuff to it uh, between you and I. This is going to be a, a pivotal game for the Browns season, absolutely. They go into it 3-3, three and three, get the Broncos at home, 8-20 on Fox, national TV game. We'll see if these guys can bounce back. But Browns fans, until then, just two words for you. Go Browns.